Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, happenings, and history of West Seattle intersect. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. In this episode, we'll be checking in with Keisha Vaughn for some hot dish as we discuss the latest developments in our new normal as parents like her prepare to send their kids back to school for a break from the screens and how she's starting to use our plethora of digital doorways to make some new moves of her own. But first, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge a major milestone recently passed in our community the one-year anniversary of the West Seattle Bridge being suddenly, completely shut down. It's meant major changes for just about everyone living on the Duwamish Peninsula, which some locals now refer to as the island of West Seattle. And of course, at the same time as dealing with this major disruptor, we've all had to make other big adjustments in our pandemic times, from working at home to wearing masks everywhere we go. But often when I talk with people about what we've all been going through, the so-called silver lining of these unprecedented times inevitably comes up about the good things that have come from this upheaval in our everyday lives. For some, it's been about more meaningful personal connections. For others, it's been rewarding new business opportunities. And for many, it's been a chance to refocus on different skills, interests, and priorities. So I asked people in my neighborhood if there was anything good they could think about of life without the West Seattle Bridge. Here's what some of them had to say. Yeah, I I would probably say very little. Um, I've explored more parts of West Seattle trying to get out of West Seattle than I ever had before. To make money during the pandemic, I did some delivery. And so the traffic patterns changed substantially pre-bridge to after bridge. So that further made me go through neighborhoods. I didn't care about roundabouts. I didn't care about speed bumps to get out of West Seattle. I also wouldn't take deliveries that brought me anywhere from the other side of the city into West Seattle because it just added a lot of time and whatnot getting back and forth. But positivity, very little. I'm having a hard time thinking of something, but I will tell you that I really thought that I was uninformed and that people knew that it was going to close. And so it was nice later to find out that all of us had this sprung on us. One thing that I do like is that it has forced me to, and I say forced, that's heavy word, so I mean this in the best possible way, is that I'm now ordering food from West Seattle restaurants or staying here to support these businesses. And then when I do have to leave the island of West Seattle, I really prepare my trip and hit as much as possible. But it's been a, it has been a good way to develop a bigger sense of our community. People have done a lot to make sure that we're, you know, shopping local and that we're really supporting our communities. And so I've been able to see that in my work as well as just, you know, living in West Seattle and people lined up to go to a store to do some shopping. So... Well, I've gotten seven courtesy notice tickets for taking the lower bridge illegally. So, and they don't charge me for it. So I now have the lower bridge all to myself and the other cheaters. (laughs) No, I mean, I would say people have actually discovered my neighborhood more because we live in Highland Park and that's the cut through. And so in some strange way, even my client, like clients that I'm a real estate agent and friends, who um, live in West Seattle don't often know where I am or come over there, but because that's now the way to go to the bridge, 
I have people going, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, Westcrest, the dog park. So it's, 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 it's kind of interesting. It's like, in some ways, Highland Park's kind of joined the rest of West Seattle in a different way, just in conversation, I've noticed, because people are having to come our way to get out of West Seattle. So I would, I'd call that a plus. I think the, uh, the good thing of the West Seattle Bridge closing is that the south part of West Seattle has become a more vibrant community because more people are actually venturing southwest Seattle and spending time there because they have to commute in and out of the south part. I think I've been frequenting more West Seattle-based businesses rather than venturing off of our island, which I think is great. I've gotten closer with my neighbors and I've learned how to cook. Uh, anything good, I would say... Uh, you can say no. No, <laughs> no, there, there really hasn't been. Uh, it's been a mess and uh, I, I'm anxiously waiting for the, the bridge to open up in 2022, hopefully when it does. So I, I think it's just been a big pain uh, so far and I, I just hate seeing the traffic here. And I'm, yeah, surprised that more people haven't like decided to move out of Seattle because of it. What's good has been an appreciation of what we have here in West Seattle, all the amazing things in West Seattle and really a, a switch in focus from going outside of West Seattle to finding the amazing gems that we have here, like the market and all the amazing restaurants and just walking along California Avenue and it feeling like a small town as opposed to a neighborhood in a bigger city. Oh, good gosh. Good? I can think of all the things that negatively impact it because I drive uh, for work. Um, you know, the, the taxing on uh, other roads and other neighborhoods. Um, the good thing, though, man, I don't. That's a hard. That's a really hard question. You know, I guess the benefit is the the areas that used to have to deal with that much traffic and that many people coming into that area now can kind of enjoy the fact that they don't have all that traffic and maybe enjoy their neighborhoods a little bit more and not feel like they're on some hectic kind of road. Now it's the other neighborhoods that feel that way. <laughs> You're right. Now they know exactly what it's like to have all those cars over the bridge. Now it's time to check in with Keisha Vaughn for some hot dish. We caught up recently right after the big news was announced about local kids returning to school and how that return to the old ways is feeling anything but normal. It's happening. It's real. I was really <laughs> in my feelings about what that means and at first because I would hear the teacher or the librarian kind of asking the kids, do you know if your parents are sending you back? And mm-hmm. and I was like made the decision at like midnight the day it was due and kind of wanted to know if they were, you know, the kids wanted to go and then asking some parents and I was like, okay, I'll just for the numbers, I'll say they're going. And then if I decide last minute to pull them, I'll pull them. But after yesterday, like I was trying to get some work done and then they're supposed to be doing like independent learning. I was uh-huh. like, we gotta go. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> and that's the thing that's, I don't know if it's scary or not. It's that patience level. I think with parents at home, they're just like, you gotta go. 
Like, yeah. you gotta get out of this house. The reality is that they have definitely checked out at home. And mm-hmm. I'm letting them check out, too. I'm. We're all just pretending to get by, in a sense. Right. You know, it's like they're drawing or they're half asleep. And it's a lot to ask these kids to work from home and do it successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my patience level for understanding math and their technology is strained and i don't really know if there's much more i can do at home for them successfully and there's going to come a point whether it's now or september that it's still going to be scary to send them back Mm -hmm. and hopefully a lot of other schools that have already been back in the physical classroom like Hopefully mm-hmm. Seattle Public Schools have been able to learn from some of their successes and mistakes and yeah. we can get this going. And it's only like a couple hours and it's I think it's really just to start to get them back acquainted with the idea of sitting in a classroom and what that's really going to look like come the beginning of the school year next year. A friend of mine said recently that moving into this next phase is not going to be like flipping a switch. It's like turning a dial. Fully. Click. Click. <laughs> and is it even an option for them to not go? Or it is they... an option. At first, the option was that like they were only going to send K through first or something. So Daisy would be going and Archie would be staying home. And I mm. was imagining her walking out the door while it's raining or Archie's in his pajamas eating pancakes. It just wasn't going to happen. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there would be a throwdown. <laughs> Every morning throw down and i'm like we can keep playing this game at home before that happens so i think there's i do know people who are keeping their kids at home some of them like their oldest is like a kindergartner and so it's what's the having one one of them out it's not right gonna make any difference but for us (laughs) i'm ready yeah (laughs) what sort of information have they provided you to make the decision there was like a survey it was just not really clear i mean and Granted as well, I've not been really active in being in these like town halls with the Mm -hmm. principal and things like that. I'm definitely getting this a lot of secondhand through parents that are being more active. And that's my own bad or my trusting of what's going on. You're being the town sheriff at home. I'm the town sheriff (laughs) at home. Someone has to make sure the streets are safe over here. But it's definitely going to be you're sitting at your desk, you're facing forward you're not interacting on like the reading rug and PE is limited to or recess is limited to how much they can actually do and participate in yeah but I think these kids are willing to be thrown a bone the idea of seeing their classmates being back in their school and they're and they are comfortable wearing masks like it's sad and scary that they're really used to that and can manage that for a couple hours if it meant Mm -hmm. that they can be in that learning environment. And it's very split. So it's half the kids go in the morning for a couple of hours, half the kids go in the afternoon for a couple hours, and really pushing that the teachers all have that opportunity to be vaccinated should they choose to, or -hmm. continue to work from home and be online if they choose to. And how are your kids feeling about it? They're ready. I mean, they're kind of like, so what does that mean? Like, you know, Daisy was more like, do I have to wear my mask all day? And I was like, it's only two hours. And she's like, okay, that much I can handle. But they're aware too that they're like not paying attention, screens are off. And it's 
I can only ask them so much and their teachers can only ask them so much. And I'm sure the teachers too are aware that out of their class of 20, there's probably a a small fraction, like an eighth of those kids that are actually really participating and doing all the work. And that's obviously going to be an extension of what is happening in their homes. But I mean, it's real. Has uh, back to school shopping this year been about (laughs) masks and hand sanitizer? A little bit. I mean, they have their style that they like. I like it when it's snug. I need a little you know a seam and all those kind of things but (laughs) i'm whatever it takes if that means we're getting a new backpack to put nothing in it let's go (laughs) it's all for show sometimes it's all for show really it is (laughs) let's talk about you you've been dipping your toes uh back into teaching dance and creative movement how's that going it's been going good i think i didn't realize really how much i missed that until I got back into it. Like I did like four weeks teaching dance as part of a PE program for a middle school up north. Mm -hmm. And I had just watched one class and it was the same thing. It was like all the kids had their cameras off. I don't know if they're Mm. paying attention. And the woman who brought me in, she's like, are you comfortable teaching like that? Like teaching on this platform to students who aren't responding. You can't see them, but you're trying to continue to engage them. And I said, I taught an Instagram live class where you're speaking to a screen without a whole lot of interaction. I'm sure I could be comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And at that age, like junior high for me, like I, I remember what that's like. I remember when you're feeling awkward and transitioning into like your body and what you think about what your friends think and all those kind of things. And so for me, that's a a great age group for myself to work with and Mm -hmm. getting in there and like really like setting a syllabus and we're going to do upper body movement and lower body movement. And then we're going to do tutting and trying to keep it fun and innovative for them and music that Mm -hmm. they feel speaks to their generation it was work, but it was really gratifying. And then seeing some of these kids that you could tell were like turning their camera on for a second uh-huh. and really being engaged. And then I would see them and say their name like, Keith, I see you. And they would get really scared and turn it off <laughs> and then turn it back on. And if you never know, like that could be a really great moment where they say to themselves like during pandemic, like I took a dance class on my zoom call and I really loved it. And I started to take class more often. Like those kind of domino effects is what I love about teaching. And then being given this opportunity on a different platform to do movement and to movement coaching and reach um, a larger audience than I would get to necessarily just living in Seattle has been Mm -hmm. also really rewarding and seeing that it's people who are dancing with their kids that are trying to find a space that, don't want their unlived lives to be what they're passing on to their children and feeling all of us have learned something through this year of that Mm -hmm. ebb and flow of wow I was like really working out a lot and then I wasn't and then I was drinking a lot and now I'm not and then my patience was high and then I was sad and I was angry and that kind of like evolution of yourself that like you can either set all the dominoes back up if they didn't all fall, or you could take it right from where it stopped and start it again. And that's yeah. what I love about movement is that you can pick up from where you left off and be okay with what that new journey is. And for myself as well to feel like at this time, like at my age and my stage, I am okay knowing that I move because I love the way it makes me feel. and I'm not mm-hmm. concerned about the way it's going to make me look. Yeah, especially for that age group that you were talking about. I think about 
when I was that old, I, if I had the option to be invisible, <laughs> I absolutely you know would take it. <laughs> I was like, in junior high, like I was that girl, like in sixth grade, I was four foot 11. And then by the time I came to seventh grade, I was like five foot nine. Oh, wow. And everyone was like, what happened to you? And I just <laughs> shoved me in my locker. I am like 12 feet tall and gangly. And I started my period and I hate my life. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people have been pivoting to their screens for exercise and movement. And mm. of course, the most unique part about you doing this is you, Keisha. And what else, what do you try to bring to these experiences that is uniquely you? I've tried so many classes online during this time and this year. And the reality is people, there will be a large percentage of people that will stay online for their fitness. And then some that want to get back into studios that need that, that energy and that camaraderie and that accountability. And I myself am included. Like I definitely find myself feeling like I will be a fusion of the two, but online, like the classes that I took that I really felt like, this is something I want to be able to take with me wherever I go. If I'm at mm -hmm. home, if I'm on vacation, I feel like I was pushed and entertained enough to be engaged. To yeah. That reminder for myself that this is something I need in my um, routine of life to feel like I gave something back to myself. And again, that's just like emotional energy more than anything. And mm -hmm. I feel like... That same thing with these middle school kids, or if you're middle-aged, like, you should not feel like, because you are of a certain age or a background, that the accessibility to good dance shouldn't be there. And I think to myself at my age and stage, like, I still want to, I don't want just a watered down version of what good movement is. I want it to yeah. feel dope and cool mm -hmm. and feel like I'm in the zone and that was really fun and that yeah. I did something that I didn't think I could do. And that's my real goal for teaching is not just to be like, I'm just going to give you these basic steps because you're not a real dancer. No, right. let's go. You might surprise yourself. And I think also the the empowerment that comes from learning a move, it, it could be relatively simple, but if it is emotional or is having you do something that you wouldn't normally do, mm -hmm. feels really good. Fully. And that, you'll see that in people. It, sometimes it's just that one little move where you're like, aha, I know mm -hmm. you felt that. I know you saw it. I know that let you continue to create new ideas of what dancing feels like for you. Because sometimes it's just that awkwardness of, I don't know how to get started, or I feel I'm like snapping my fingers. I feel really silly. And I'm a snapper, <laughs> and I, that's when I feel old, when I'm like, I'm snapping to the music. <laughs> but it takes that one move sometimes that just makes you feel like that really felt fun in my body. Yeah. That felt fun in my spirit. That is something like I've seen someone else do and think to myself, wow, I wish I could do that. I wish I looked like that. And, and that's the thing with the screen. You're not necessarily looking at yourself in the mirror. You're just feeling it. Right. And you're not so concerned about the other people in the room with you. Whoa, they're really good. I don't look like that. It's just you and, and you can be in your mind and out of your mind at the same time and feel like, yeah. I don't know what that looked like, but damn, that was fun. It felt good. I'm sweating. <laughs> and then people are really like videotaping themselves and being like, I'm feeling myself. Let's go. I'm putting this out. Uh -huh. And that 
is what I love. Because even for myself as a dancer, it's hard sometimes for me to video myself dancing and not Mm -hmm. let my insecurity get involved with posting it online and letting people see me moving and and have people judge me. And that's what I know is doing these kind of classes. I'm putting myself in a position to be judged, but Mm -hmm. that part in my heart that just doesn't care anymore. That's what I'm (laughs) grateful for at this age and stage to just be like, you know what? I'm not pretending to be one of Sierra's backup dancers. I'm enjoying being myself. And I know for sure, me being myself is what is attractive to other people. Absolutely. Uh, what kind of music do you like to work with in your classes? Ugh. Some of these platforms, you're using like kind of royalty-free music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a real like... It's rap time! It's rap time! Let's go! Or if it's French. (laughs) It's always like French, or I can put together a playlist for Le Pochette like in a second. But it's harder to find just those like songs because part of me is like, why are you on this? What's going on? Why are you? Is this like an internship? I don't know. But I. they're out there and then I feel like I'm using like the same artist or something like that but luckily there are a lot of options of you know platforms to pull from and things like that but it's a tougher than just being like oh that new Drake is popping and that was the same thing too for teaching for like a junior high you can use a clean version of a song but the content in the song is still like (laughs) the clean version of WAP is still WAP you know and that was like I didn't want to just be playing like kids bop for them because they're in middle school and they're aware of like style and taste and swagger and so even that was like I didn't want to just play all these songs or like my grandma and my mom listened to this stuff (laughs) so that too became a challenge but I'm up to the challenge. I have time in this new world to to be challenged. I think a lot of people were looking to you to jump into this teaching over Zoom and online and stuff, and you've held off on it for a while. Like, what motivated you? What what changed that made you finally feel like, I want to do this? I think I realized that we weren't going anywhere. I think the fact that, not that I was in denial that, like, Summer was coming and we were still going to be inside and fall was Mm -hmm. coming and we were still going to be inside and winter and so on. But I found myself like in the grocery store by myself listening to music and really enjoying it. And I was like, if I'm having a good time in like Office Max, (laughs) then there might be the possibility that doing something online is of value. And that I had to get real with myself that I had to pivot if I wanted Mm -hmm. to be still like relevant to myself and available to my people and Mm -hmm. to be ready in my body for this grand opening of the world Mm -hmm. then i had to to be moving and be with the times and right i didn't want to feel like i was abandoning people anymore and that was not abandoning but like my students at Garfield, I'd reached out to them early on and said, do you guys want to do Zoom? And they were like, not really. And I I didn't want to either. Like that always for me was felt so insincere or I Mm. just believed that that connection would be lost. And it became clear through the time that having your Zoom happy hours or a Zoom concert or all these things was that the human spirit is really beautiful and strong and that we can 
reach each other during this new time. Imagine going through this pandemic without technology being what it was. It's hard to imagine. Completely hard to imagine. It's Yeah. It blows my mind. Of, it doesn't blow my mind. The timing of everything is really beautiful in a sense. We're lucky to think of it in the sense of, oh, what a beautiful, harmonious ability to stay connected to your people and right. to your friends and your families and get married and go to school and do your job. That's the reality of it. And, and that was right. me saying either I could just sit and be like, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> or I could say, I'm capable of it. I've been influenced and emotional and had all these range of emotions and experiences through technology in this sense. Get with it. And it yeah. was the first time I did it, I really was like, oh my God, I felt people. Like I was crying and laughing and um, just really blown away that people showed up and people wanted, yeah. to, people were so longing for a connection in that sense, wanting to be part of their communities and things like that. It's been a really humbling experience to say you are capable of being someone on this dimension as well. It's really cool to know that we can do that, that you have these really emotional moments through the screen. <laughs> I think there was a lot of skepticism and stuff at first, but we have these tools and now we're just, we've learned to use them in a new way that I think is better than the way that we were using them before. And hopefully it won't just become about work. You know, yeah. you know I, I always said before, like, working from home is not for everyone. And I still believe that. But it's for a lot more people now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exciting that people are opening themselves up to a different way of living. And that level of, like, judgment, how people are going to live through this time, it allows mm -hmm. people to have safe boundaries of this is just not for me. Like, I'm not comfortable going back into the office. And you have this yeah. option without judgment to still do your job. Or if right. you didn't want to go to school or you don't want to go into the gym or whatever that scenario is with you, however you're going through this time, it really does allow you to have your safety and yeah. to each their own. There's going to be people who are like, I know I need to see people. I need to get let's. I will do whatever you need. I will wear a mask. I will sit outside. I just want to see you. And others that are really comfortable having this kind of connection still through this. So, yeah. Yeah. Moving forward, do you think you will continue to do classes online and in person or just you would just go back to in person or what do you think would work best for Keisha? I know like I miss my people like I, I wouldn't want it, but it's that still that I don't want to do it unless it's how I want it. And I've taken yeah. a fitness class during this time and had to wear a mask the whole time. And it was brutal. It's brutal. Like you have to yeah. really want to do it to put yourself in that scenario. And obviously it's going to be a while before people can be really um, able to be out and feeling comfortable and confident to do that and be free in the face. And so <laughs> I guess it would depend on like the scenario and the setup, but like, I would love to teach in person. I feel like that's, that is still me at my best, but I'm continuing to surprise myself about trusting the experience that I've had over the years of teaching and having to be enthusiastic and to elevate your personality to reach people. Like I'm okay, like leading and leaning, not even with ego about like, I'm capable of doing this. And that balance of both, I think if you're going to be working, you have to have that balance of both. You have to be able to do both. So yeah. It's not going to be for everyone, but I do. I, I feel confident in myself going forward about 
what I can do. You can find Keisha's current offerings of digital dance classes on JustMove.com, where she's already been noted as one of the top five instructors on the platform. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. And let us know what you think. Get in touch by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Always West Seattle is a Made with Bacon production. Interviews are edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.